Are you uh, smashing around metal cans or something? Yes, I was <laughs> pouring myself a drink. Jonathan, I understand that you're in a um, you know a place that's been impacted by this like massive hurricane. But if you could adjust everything you're doing for our audio needs, <laughs> I would really appreciate it. That would be great. Thank you, Jonathan. Oh, <laughs> thank you. You guys are so selfless. <laughs> I love it. Do you guys ever watch uh, Rick and Morty? Have you ever heard of that nah, show? I've heard of it. I haven't watched it yet. Two episodes. I enjoy oh, it very much. The second episode's the one that sold me. What? It's the one where the dog, the dog, like, the dad wants the dog to stop, like, going, taking a piss on the carpet. So he asks the grandfather, who's a scientist, to make him smart. And then the dog all of a sudden becomes, like, super smart and makes this, like, exosuit and shows up in the daughter's room one night. And he's, like, <laughs> le- like looming over the bed, and she wakes up scared. And the dog just goes, Summer. Where are my testicles? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I heard that they um, ended one one episode completely like, randomly that that uh, just said in a memoriam Game of Thrones writing 2010 to 2017 <laughs> <laughs> or like 2016 something like that. Oh, <laughs> oh that's funny. it's a really funny show, man. That's what I hear, but I just haven't gotten around to. Watching it, but it's, I feel like it's everywhere. Like at church, people are talking about it. Kids these days with their fast cars and their VH1 are talking about it. With their and fast they're... and their furious. <laughs> their VH1? Is that what you said? Yep. Yeah, it's That's an ongoing throwback. joke of ours. Really, oh, an okay. ongoing joke of Luke's that I stole just now. And I plan on <laughs> repeatedly stealing it because everything funny that Luke says, eventually I say it. And then people think it's mine. Like, go on, go on. I say that people are like, Gomer, you're so funny when you say that. I'm like, yes, I am. Sorry, I'm saying, like... It's totally original. I came up with it just now. <laughs> you witnessed uh, creation. You know how like Elton John had uh, had like a writing partner who wrote all of his songs? No. Yeah, his, his like lover? Well, I don't think so. But basically oh, there's was... this guy named Bernie something. Sanders. Who, like wrote all of the <laughs> shots. You know who Bertie Sanders is. Oh, and I was thinking of the running back. <laughs> uh, you would. You would. Um, yeah, he likes Bernie. Something. Luke, he wrote, Luke. Go what? on. Go on. Uh, he wrote all of Elton John's stuff. And uh, no one knows. It's, it's like the other guy, like the Gary Coots from, from Star Wars, guy who actually like reigned George Lucas in. And then once oh. he left, George Lucas went crazy. And made yeah, toys, like, toys, movies about toys. Have you guys heard of that guy um, that wrote music for Elton John? And I thought it was his lover. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, anyways, no, I, I have How was it? I was gonna, hey, I, hey, do, do you guys want to hear a really great story about Jonathan? <laughs> no, yeah. come, on, in two, come in, on. In 2006, he said, uh, and I quote, hey, I think if I train hard enough, I can make the next <laughs> World Cup team. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it was a pot. No, it wasn't World Cup. It was the Houston Dynamo. It was the Dynamo. World Cup team. You said you really think you could do it. Uh, Tomato, tomato. Come on. (laughs) Luke, if you put your mind to it, you can do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. If catching foxes exist for like anything, it's to shame our friends in front of tens of thousands. (laughs) 
Oh man. This is yeah, our friend. Hear- this is my Franciscan revenge story, starring Luke. <laughs> <and Gohan. laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Luke, do you remember that time that I uh, you had that little Honda Civic, and I, I I ran over um, a traffic cone and it got stuck in your wheel well, and I didn't take it out. I just like left it in there and gave you the car back. It was like, well, good luck. <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> Yeah, I uh, see. I I kind of actually when I took our uh, when I took our dogs out tonight, I had this thought where I was like, this episode is just going to end up being me and Jonathan talking about the summer of two thousand six. Yeah, that's the summer of Kelly Kapowski, man. The dog oh, we Kelly had. Kapowski, she's probably dead now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> she's doing well, actually. So for anyone who does, for all you nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine people who don't know this story. Uh, Kelly Kapowski was a dog that Jonathan stole from a very nice lady oh. in Steubenville. <laughs> no, okay, okay, hold on. First of all, she left that dog outside, and it True. was a cute dog. Second of all, <laughs> I gave the dog back. <laughs> Only after we had him for a day, had her for a day. <laughs> it was a good dog. Was uh, this in a project house that we, yeah, all, everyone yep. various times lived in? Yeah, it's the summer of the World Cup when we would like move the furniture outside and watch the World Cup and like barbecue. Oh, is this yep. the team that you were going to be on? <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. All right, boys. <laughs> Did you tell Sarah about your World Cup dreams? Does your wife know that, you, that she's almost dating a World Cup player? Well, look, it, that was easy enough because she's from Bay City. She thinks I'm actually playing for the World Cup right now. So. <laughs> Not like, too bright. really sucked now. Last qualifier. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out this one little note. Jonathan, can you do your very best not to get your beard scrubbing up against the microphone? It sounds like someone crumpling paper for months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll do my best, man. That's it. That's all I ask. Jonathan, I'm not going to hold you to impossible standards. That's for a vengeful God to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to rub my beard intentionally every 10 minutes. Edit, see guys. if you remember. And, and then Luke will say, edit that, Gormley. Oh, I'll remember. I hear every noise in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's like the other day when, when uh, Annie and I like FaceTimed you and you have like your little setup there. That's incredible, man. Oh, yeah. And now Luke has the exact same setup, minus the b- sweet boom arm, uh, because he uh, because of our wonderful uh, Patreon supporters, we were able to raise enough money to get Luke a good setup. Patreon.com slash CF. Okay, the more so you know. the more you know. So, Jonathan, I brought you on here for a couple reasons, uh, not just to tell a bunch of inside jokes, although... Every, every one of our listeners knows that'll happen, and they're okay with it. Oh, yeah, you should all probably get a bunch of alcohol to drink. Yeah, to Jonathan, what are you drinking right now? I'm drinking a what? 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 What, what is that? Okay. It's a vodka and uh, Dr. Pepper. Nice. I hear it tastes more like uh, regular Dr. Pepper. It tastes more like uh, Dr. B or whatever it is from ATB, which if they sold that in a can, vodka and Dr. Pepper, I'd buy that. <laughs> Like when Coca-Cola sold Coca-Cola Black, which was Coke and coffee. Oh, are you serious? Oh, did yep. they do that? Oh yeah. Barf. Has Guys, anything good come out of Atlanta? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I'm just I, I was e- just in Atlanta. So we're so off track. I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, good yeah, night. Yeah. Edit, 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 edit. <laughs> 
Um, right, that's so, all the time I have. Yeah, <laughs> and we spoiled it. Um, no, the reason why I brought you on is numero uno. Um, you are with a ministry called Adore, uh, which manufactures adorable little kittens. And uh, <laughs> you guys are sponsoring the Houston um, Encounter Conference. Are you going to be there? Yeah, no, I'll be there, man. I'll be there hanging out. Um, I just kind of do whatever Emily Blaisdell tells me to do, which is much more enjoyable than whatever Michael Blaisdell tells you to do. Ah, and uh, legal. <laughs> <laughs> Far more legal. What is what is Emily's official title? She's the vice president of operations, but unofficially, she just kind of tells you what to do. Ah, and it and it's great. It, it, it worked for me. I just want to say you, you rub your beard on it. Uh, mm. I'm trying so hard not to. It's okay. Happens to the best of us, except for me, because <laughs> I have skills. Uh, so how long has she been there? How long has she been there? Oh, it feels like forever. Is that an answer? Yep. Uh, no, I think she's been there for like four or five years. Nice. She came on two years after me, and I've been about six or seven. So, okay. yeah, right from the beginning. For a while, it was just any and myself, and then... This, and then Angie Muckenthaler and Emily. Um, and then kind of after that, we just blew up. So Emily's been there pretty much from the beginning here in Houston, at least. Cool. And for those of you who are on Catholic Twitter, Angie is, uh, that he mentioned, is married to at Angry Catholic, at Angry Catholic. And he's an angry man. I'm boy. still, I'm still trying to make it up to Deacon Baldy's man. I hear the place is awesome. It is. It's great. It's nice. It's, well, yeah, it's really cool. What do you do on the Thursday night before encounter? Cause <laughs> me's got a sneaky feeling. That's where Luke and I will be. Yeah. Oh really? I'm just, I'm just going to yeah. Uber just straight over there once I land. Cause Gomer's got some thing he's got to do. Uh, daddy's got to like, teach. Daddy's and I don't feel like interacting with any of my friends. So, uh, I was, I'm just kidding. That's not true. I would, I would love to see people, but I, I'm assuming you're all going to be really really busy getting ready for the for the conference so yeah well i'm technically interim president right now while annie's in guatemala so i could just go if i want to and if emily's listening to this she'll probably scream hell yeah listen i like (laughs) i run a conference and do tons of stupid crap when i should be doing real things so (laughs) totally fine you're you're fine (laughs) i'm like all right all right brad bursa whatever i know we should be angle about things but uh someone will do it it'll be fine i get it you're like you know you're a person who takes your job seriously but uh (laughs) but you do work at a diocese let me remind you (laughs) we get to do literally whatever we want (laughs) Mm. which diocese is that again uh, the, <laughs> uh, yes, it's a diocese. <laughs> well, yeah, not not anything else. Not an archdiocese. Just, just a regular, regular just, diocese. Just no need to look it up. <laughs> Especially don't look up Brad Bursa. Don't look up that name either. <laughs> no reason. Pay no uh, attention to the man behind the curtain. Uh, Brad, one time, I give him such crap because he never listens to the podcast, and he's like, I'm with you every day. <laughs> and I was like, that's fair. That's you know, like exhausting in and, in and of its own. So, Well, well, yeah, he's, well he's not wrong. <laughs> you know what, Brad? I'd listen to your podcast every day. Even if I worked with you, that's selfish. <laughs> Grow up. I, yeah, five and, kids in a life. And Brad, you're not with me every day. I'm more than make up for Luke's incompetence. Much like Brad has to do during a conference. <laughs> I'm the Brad Bursa of this podcast. <laughs> okay, Brad, listen, I get it. You're from a part of household where people were like responsible with things and uh. had goals and direction. Whatever, loser, just get just get with it. 
Anywho, so how's the hurricane? <laughs> so one of the reasons why we brought Jonathan on. So first of all, let me let's we set did? up. What, what? I found out 20 minutes ago. One of the reasons why I decided to have Jonathan on at the last minute is because I didn't give Sister Miriam enough time to be prepared. But Jonathan's ready, so I called him. Um, I was in, in the batter's box, man. I was ready to go. In yeah. the circle. Yep. Whatever it's called. Yep. I, I wouldn't know. Um, but <laughs> but uh, I've known Jonathan for years since uh, he was, what, a sophomore in high school trying to steal pizza from me at a Superville Youth Conference. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever, punk. You're not from my parish. Um, <laughs> Jonathan went to Franciscan with us. Uh, he was. Wh- what year did you graduate? Uh, 2006. Wow, wow. Same year as Luke, even Cheers though Luke started with me. Okay, I gotcha. Um, <laughs> I didn't do a victory lap. We're so good shitting on a friend's ear. <laughs> Take that, Brad Burson. <laughs> I wonder if Brad Burson actually listens and it's like, yeah, Gomer, get him. Get him, Gomer. <laughs> I have no Brad Burson jokes. Brad, no Brad Burson jokes. Fair but enough. I've got car horn jokes. Tons of car horn jokes. Oh, you guys heard that? Oh, it's fine. Yeah, it. Listen, yes, we no did. It was very loud. Of course we did. Dude, that's like every hour on the hour behind my house. It's not like the poor guy doesn't, you know, isn't in an area where there was just massive flooding or anything. <laughs> no, no, no. Even before the flooding, they would do that. And sometimes we would just yell across the fence like, shut up. Oh, man. It's and like you live in go. New York. <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah that's how you know it's in the south when they apologize back to you. <laughs> i'll find on. you i'll find you beer baron no you won't <laughs> <laughs> this really is a terrible episode <laughs> uh, nothing but inside sorry, jokes boys. no it's not sorry. your fault it's clearly luke's listen i haven't seen jonathan in two three four years however long it's been since the last wedding <laughs> well <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, the good thing is we're uh, uh, Jonathan has until midnight, so we can just keep re-recording and re-recording. <laughs> and I can stay up till four a.m. editing everything. Balls to the walls, Jonathan. Balls to the walls. <laughs> what are we running a conference here? Because I'm about to duck out and grab a beer. Because <laughs> I'm about to go and hide. So funny. So okay, really funny story today. This proves that I should not be an adult who's in charge of things. I found two invoices that totaled up to fifteen thousand dollars, and I had a panic attack because I was like, I thought these were paid. Where did these come from? I thought these were paid. Oh my gosh! And I was frantically. One of them involved Word, our buddy Word. So I called him, going, "I need you to tell me if you got a check from this." <laughs> And so it turns out it was somehow uh, they were like they were paid. I don't know how I ended up with them, but uh, it made me feel like a hor- like a horrible person. That's a lot of money from the previous fiscal year. <laughs> you would have gotten fired so quickly. Uh, if if only. Then we could take this show full time. <laughs> Sorry, Shannon. I lost my job. We had to devote everything we're doing now to this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, living the dream, man. Ooh. Um, so, so, yeah, so anyway, I, the other reason why we brought Jonathan on, besides <laughs> telling a bunch of inside jokes the whole time, is because Adore Ministries is doing a lot of really awesome stuff when it concerns the, well, just life in general, but um, especially during this whole hurricane stuff. So um, why don't you tell them a little bit about what you guys are doing and, and where you're at, and we can kind of talk a little bit about that. Yeah, man, it's been crazy. Um, just a lot, you know, for everyone here in Houston, it, 
the hurricane came through and everyone kind of lost a sense of time, you know, but yeah. so it felt like a month. Yeah. I mean, it just was insane. And that was just the hurricane part. And then as soon as the hurricane was over, everyone's like, okay, well, we got to go and do something. Well, as the hurricane was going on, uh, Annie and Emily, they're just great. They, they sent out a thing. They knew like, Hey, we're going to have to rally and help people got hundreds of volunteers to sign up. And then as soon as the rain stopped, it was okay, let's go. Like literally that morning we got a call or the, the morning before we got a call from one of the local churches and, and the pastor's like, you can use our space to operate out of. Um, I'm not going to micromanage you. You do whatever. And then the next day we showed up with people ready to go out. And so essentially that first day was just, man, it was just crazy. It was just crazy. We, we were so unorganized and, and it was a miracle that we got to serve as many homes and houses as we did. And we sent people out and organized a little bit more and a little bit more each day. And after the sixth day, um, we'd served over, we'd been in over a hundred homes. We'd been in three apartment complexes and helped, you know, over 80 residents, uh, move their stuff, rip up carpet, do all that thing. We celebrated birthdays with old ladies who had tell no that story. Tell it. that story. That's an awesome story. Yeah, it's, it's so one of one of my former teens and like just a awesome dude, Austin Cruz, signed up to volunteer the first day in the craziness. Came back. We sent him to this apartment complex. Oh, it's right by where we used to live, Gomer, <laughs> Knob Hill. It's, it's right yeah. there. <laughs> Where Luke sometimes spent time on the couch, where Brian Kelsch became <laughs> uh, a youth minister after living on our couch. <laughs> and, and here's the best part. Our listeners will appreciate this. So at <laughs> Jonathan was living near St. Thomas More, which is a big life teen hub church where, that he attended. And yep. I was all the way up about 45 minutes or more north in the Woodlands area. And I had a church up there. Jonathan was serving at a church. He had just gotten a job. I had been at my job for a year. And our friends, Matt and Cameron Frad, called us and said, listen, we're six months into a year-long lease. They won't let us get out of it without penalizing us that we can't afford. We're newly married, and we need someone to move in, take over the lease while we move out and go to Net Ireland. And we're going to start Net Ireland. And it's like, okay, that's awesome. So I talk with Jonathan, and Jonathan's like, yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. So we set up, I move in, and then, and they leave all their stuff. They take like, they leave th- everything. They, yeah, they, they took next to nothing. They got all their newlywed stuff, all went to us, which they have weird, <laughs> they have weird tastes, so it all went to the dustbin. But um, some weird things, some weird things. <laughs> I'll get to that. But uh, my favorite thing was Jonathan took, Jonathan got there before I did and called, because I was agreeing to pay more on rent, I got the master bedroom. But Jonathan claimed their bed. And I was like, you want a newlywed couple's bed? Good sir, you can have it. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> and I just remember moving into their into their bedroom, and I took the the smaller twin bed and put it in there, and I was like, "Wow, that's a lot of candle wax on the windowsill." They constantly burned candles so much so that I couldn't scrape it off with a razor blade. Didn't get it back their deposit. That was my goal. Oh, I was trying to get back. Life is so hard. There. Luke, I just went through a hurricane. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> Try and be a little bit more sensitive, Luke, okay? Sorry, Gosh. sorry. I'll check my privilege. I apologize. Thank you. <laughs> check my Ohio privilege. Dude, I think I slept on that bed for years. Like, yeah. that's how cheap I am. I'm like, 
Why would I buy a new mattress? Like, when, I have this... when, when I already have a Matt Frad-shaped mattress right here. <laughs> There's like a didgeridoo on the side that's just Velcro to it. There's like a koala on the end. <laughs> the, the, boomer, the boomerang was the most uncomfortable part. <laughs> oh, I could understand why. Because they come back to you like a crazy ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to edit that shit out. No, hell no. Brad Bursa. <laughs> well played. Well played. But so just we didn't mess her. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. okay. Wait, are that wasn't back, as funny. Back I'm on, sorry. Back onto it. Back onto it. So, uh, yeah, so we Austin, li- yeah. I send him to, I send him to Knob Hill. And, you know, at this point, it's, em- it's just Emily and I and any, and we're getting calls on our phones and we're trying to keep a list so that we, we make sure, you know, I mean, at this point, it not to sound like all like Schind, Schindler's list, but it's like every phone call we miss is like a family that is not being served, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah. so an operating error could be just drastic for mm-hmm. a family, you know. And uh, so we're doing our best to keep keep on that. And I just send Austin. He ends up going to Knob Hill, works on one place, gets in contact with um, a guy who's working there gets his list of names and then Austin gets his brother involved. Eventually Austin's mom gets involved and they meet this old lady, Louisa. And, you know, she's 86. She, well, she was 85. She has no one to help her. And, you know, she's got a two bedroom apartment or whatever and and can't get out, can't do any of the work. So they rally, they help her move out. They find out it's her birthday. Austin comes back to the headquarters. He's like, Hey, is there any way I can get any money? And, you know, it's we're helping this resident move. She's old. And today's her birthday. And I'm like tearing up like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So what, what do we do? So we go out and buy her a gift card. He, he gets her a cake and then they celebrate her birthday with her. And he's like, you know, I'm so sorry that uh, you had to celebrate your birthday under the conditions. And, and and it's like on a video like he has it on video. And she just says. No, like, I'm always going to remember this because, like, you guys were here, you know, like, this this was yeah. so great. And then she's like, fuck it, let's go eat some cake, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> she, she's just like, like, she didn't say that, like, that oh, way, but you know what I mean? Like, she, yeah, no, charm. no, she just, she's just like, why would we wallow when we have a cake and it's my birthday? Like, I want to eat some cake, man, <laughs> you know, like, let's all do this. So, that's awesome. yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. Well, what was the, um, like, when during all of the, the cleanup, what was the, um, the vibe? Like what, what did like, if, if like I were to just like walk down the, the street, what would that have felt like? Um, dude, it, it's a little depressing. I mean, like if, if you were to just walk down the street, like, like, so my family was gone, you know, I'm, I'm one of those like typical Texans, you know, it's like, ah, oh, it's just a hurricane. It's probably going to be nothing, you know? And then my, uh, my wife is like, well, we're, we're going to leave just in case. So she left with the kids. They were gone in Dallas for the week and they drove in and like my kids are still trying to adjust to, to, to the site. Like when you drive, like my house was fine, but mm-hmm. at the end of the neighborhood, they were completely flooded, you know? And you had and, water and so, up to your back porch or like back step, right? In my backyard, I did, but not like yeah. my front yard, and that's it. That's from the bayou. We live right off of uh, 
you know, one of the main places where they were rescuing people in my land, we're in Braeburn Valley, which is right next to that, which is off of Bray's Bayou. So like 15 houses, I think is what it was into the neighborhood. There was, there was water, you know, there, there was water all like when I, when we had a break in the storm, I walked down to the bayou with uh, Manny and Brittany, they live next door and Molly. And we, there was a guy and his wife and their child on a kayak in the middle of the street. And they had kayaked from like two miles away oh and, and they gosh. had, they had everything that they owned, like that they could salvage in their kayak. Where were you they know, trying and, to go? Just anywhere, just dry well, land. He had, he had family on my street. Like the, I'm at okay. an intersection, like Bob White and Wigton. He had family on Wigton and <clears throat> like, that's surreal. Like that, that's when it like hit because everyone came out during the break and then it rained again, but that break was like, oh my gosh. I, I took a video and uh, like Ben Lesneski was texting me like, are you guys okay? And I sent it to him. I'm, I'm a good like seven houses in and it's up to my knees into the neighborhood. And the bayou is flowing fast like a river. Like it, yeah. it was crazy. And uh, so yeah, like it, it was just nuts. If, if you were to drive through right now or if you, to, if you were to like look at the national news coverage – it's, it's a depressing scene. You know, it, it certainly is. Mm-hmm. It's just pile, like piles of stuff that, that you can't see over. And, uh, but the, the weird thing about that is, is that if you were to go into the homes of, of most of those people and like, like what we've been doing and like helping, um, there's definitely a sadness and there's definitely like a hurt because they lost everything, mm-hmm. but they're just so thankful. And, and, and there is like a, it's, it's a weird thing. It almost sounds insensitive to say, but like if you walk into a home and you're just caught up with what you see on the street and what you see on the news, that situation is going to be a bad situation and you should probably not be in it. But if you walk into that home and you're just ready to help and you're ready to smile and try and like make this person laugh and help wherever you can, they're super receptive to it and, and super joyful. Like everyone that we've served it, like, like they cry and it's not because mm-hmm. they lost everything. It's because you're here, you know, like, yeah. like the first day we, like the first day I went out on a work crew and I went to a house and we're, you know, I don't know the people, I don't know anything. And we're just ripped. Like it's an older couple and they have everything saved from like all of his, he had Vietnam tapes. Like when, when he was there that he filmed himself and they were destroyed, yeah. Oh, you know? Yeah. So he was devastated. And yeah this older guy was helping clean up. I thought he was just part of the family. He says, Hey, can you, can you, uh, come look at my house? Like, and maybe you guys can send some people to help me. So I walk over there and we, as soon as we walk in the house, he starts crying. And, he, and I was like, you know, I, I, I'm trained in this. I've, I have experience in this, but it's still just like an unnerving situation. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he is 75 years old and he's openly weeping. And, uh, so I just put my hand on his shoulder and I'm like, it's going to be okay. Like, we'll, we'll help you. We'll help you in any way that we can. Like if it's ripping out sheetrock, if it's ripping out carpets, if it's moving stuff, he's like, no, 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 no. It, it's just the fact that you're willing to help. And then he like brings me into the back room where his, his wife is like organizing stuff. And then she just starts crying and they're just like, mm-hmm. we're just so thankful that, that, you know, like we don't know you, we don't even know your name and you're willing to like, bring people here like that's crazy that's crazy so they're they're in the midst of all this sorrow and sadness and devastation and catastrophe there's this resounding hope you know and 
And, uh, it's amazing, man. It's, it's still hard. Like in the early days and I know I'm, I'm talking for, for a long time, but it, you're fine in the, in the, the, the days when I was out there is like six days straight. Um, I would come home at night and just like, honestly, just like cry just because it's so emotional, you know, and, and, and you're just physically exhausted. Like, and my wife has been awesome. She's just like, I'm so proud of the work that you're doing. Like you just do whatever I'm going to take care of the family. And it, it just, it's a lot, but for these people who've literally lost everything, it's a lot just being a presence, you know? And I think that's yeah. what our organization has done well is maybe we're not the most organized and maybe we're not, um, you know, the most nationally known, but you know, I haven't, I have not run into a single red cross worker or FEMA agent or anyone in any of the, the places that I've been in canvassed and a lot of the places that we've been like these people haven't experienced anyone coming and just offering help, you know? And so I take a lot of pride in that, that like we're, we're people first, you know, and, mm-hmm in our greater community of people that just shows up day in and day out. And they're like, I'll do whatever, like it's whatever you do. It's interesting how with such devast, uh, devastation where there is like real needs for just like, you've got to like get this, all this, all this stuff out of the way. You have to tear up all of the, the carpet. Like, you know, you, you have to deal mm-hmm. with the finite world and that, and people yeah. need to still be like donating to these things. So like, please do. But it's, it's so interesting how when terrible things happen, the most important part is like to be in contact with other people. Well, it, it, you know? and it's like so easily forgotten, like, look, <clears throat> and, and again, if like anyone else from my company is listening to this, you know, I, I almost want to say, I, I don't want any more money. Like stop, stop donating money. Um, come, come out and, and help and, and interact with the people, you know, like Mm -hmm. money's not a bad thing. And, and with the money that we've raised, I don't know what the number is, but with the the money that we've raised, we've been able to do some really great things, you know, like if it wasn't for people sending money, we found a family just yesterday, family is seven. We walked in the house and they have, uh, it's just a single mom and seven kids and the youngest two kids were butt naked and they hadn't eaten food in two days, you know? And, and when I hear that stuff, I'm like, I will do whatever it takes. I don't, I don't care. I don't care if that means that like, I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage or my car payment. Like the, the kid thing is the thing that really eats me up, you know, because I think about my own children and, and two days without food, man. And they're in a neighborhood where people are walking around. It's, it's insane. So it's just easy to miss. And I, and what I don't want is I don't want people to think that money is going to fix the problem or that these are problems that can be fixed, you know? And, and the biggest blessing has been that the community has shown up just to, to hug someone, you know, like there, there is just such a power to like a physical presence. And I think, Again, like I take great pride in our company in that, you know, guys like Matt Novak, Colin Cooper, or Blaze has been awesome. Like guys that we're familiar with. And then other people, like we have this woman, Megan Montez, who's like organizing our on the, on the ground stuff, because I have to get to other things, you know, and, and they're just so good at loving people, you know, like 
it's not just about going in and ripping out carpet. It's about going in and ripping out carpet and then also being aware of the situation. Like maybe this person just needs to be asked if we can pray real quick. Yeah. You know, maybe this person just needs to be asked, like, how are you doing? Like, do you, do you want to like laugh for a second? Like, can, can I tell you a funny joke or whatever? Mm-hmm. And the community has been so good at that. Like our, our job, my job is just to connect the people who want face-to-face interaction with the people who need face-to-face interaction. We're, yeah. we're not going to solve, solve this problem. Like we can't fix everything. It, it's, I think maybe it was you Gomer. Someone said it's like throwing a toothpick. <laughs> you know, it's like throwing That's... a toothpick into an airplane hangar. There is, yeah, you're not. You're, it is, which is a quote from Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, but it also right. applies to the <laughs> right. hurricane. But it, it, yeah, the I, the crazy thing that for me, like, so me and my family, we had to leave because the floodwaters were coming back from not from the the big hurricane floods, but da- uh, from a from a dam that was full of water from the hurricane floods. And had to open itself up or else it would kill a whole bunch of people. And so they yeah. intentionally flooded my neighborhood so as not to flood dozens of other neighborhoods. And so part of the scary thing was watching these these waters. And, and me and my buddy Joey, um, you know, we drove down and you're just seeing, like, as we're talking, we're standing. At first we were standing just outside the water. And we don't even notice it. But as we're talking, water is in our shoes. And yeah. you, you don't realize, and this is the, the scary thing, is you don't, you don't realize how fast this stuff happened. And I talked to a woman on my street, and she said within 30 minutes, her, her house had two feet of water. Because 80,000 cubic feet per second of water was being released from this dam. And then, uh, so when we found out that, you know, basically things in our neighborhood were fine on our street, and we we're the highest street uh, elevation-wise in our neighborhood... Uh, I was staying with uh, Joey's parents, and my family was, and, he, and his dad's just like, all right, let's go to work. We're safe. We're fine. Our homes are safe. Yep. Let's go to work. And so we yep. started driving around, and um, that, and I had been calling you, Jonathan, because I knew that you were down there. Shannon yeah. knew from various social media outlets or something that your wife had gone up to Dallas. So I was like, oh, crap, I'll tell Jonathan to come stay with us or something or anyone he wants to. But you couldn't get out of Houston, number one. There was no way out. There was, there was no – I mean, we were an island. You know, like, every dip in the highway became uh, a flood that was impassable. Yeah, but it was it was awesome, man. Like even when you came out and, and you brought all those guys and that was such a huge help. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, my thing is I, I keep encountering people that say like, look, it, it, we're in a weird situation. Harvey came through, flooded everything, and then it stopped raining. And then two days later, they mandatory evacuated like an entire section of West Houston because of exactly what you're talking about. Like, yeah. you know, those things were overflowing in the neighborhoods. So I couldn't imagine just the despair that you would feel like, oh, man, I made it through the worst of the worst. I'm watching the the media cycle. I see how bad it was. I mean, you know, you guys have all seen it like boats on on roads. And then water's creeping up to your house and you're you all of a sudden realize I'm now a victim of this. Yeah, you know, and and so we, we're encountering people like that, and the common sentiment is, I, I just can't wait for things to go back to normal. Yeah. You know, I can't wait for things to go back to normal, and and I I get that, I understand that, and um, you know, there's a, there's a part of me that can't wait for things to go back to normal, but you know what, man? Like, I don't know, man. 
like uh, it, it, it's so hard because I, I don't want to go back to normal because I'm... normal normal before Harvey was pretty messed up it was racially divided it was protest it was, <laughs> it was charlottesville and, and it was charlottesville and, and, and that's and that's fucked up that's it really is like normal before was really messed up and and normal what we saw from harvey was people saying i don't care you know and i believe firmly that like whether you're african-american filipino you know whatever whether you were atheist or agnostic or christian like the only immediate need was the life of a human person and, and doing everything that you could to help that person. And I believe that's, that's not to like preach or sound like holier than thou, but like, that's, that's Jesus. You know what I mean? Like that, that to me was whether they knew it or not, they were acting in the name of Christ. And I don't know. I, I like, that's why I freaking love Houston, man. I just think there's something special here and whether people know it or not. And, I think it could be a really great thing. Now, of course, they're going to forget all that as soon as this hurricane, this, these other hurricanes hit and yeah. Trump does something asinine. But, uh, you know, it, it's it just sucks because it's such a beacon of hope, man. It, it, it's it's so cool that that could be a thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had a U of H guy call. <clears throat> He's like, you know, we want to I'm, I'm from the core unit here and, and I want to I can get 15 to 30 strong men to come help move things. I was like, yeah, that's great. He's like, okay, uh, you know, just so you know, they're they're not all going to be Christian. I'm like, I don't care. You know, like mm-hmm. we're not being rich or poor. We've gone to rich houses that have flooded. We've gone to like ultimate destitution. Harvey wasn't discriminant. And so I don't feel like we should be. And mm-hmm. I want the new normal to be like devoid of discrimination. <laughs> you know, like let's just be human people and now and that's messy and that's hard but you can only do that face to face one of the things that i was just going nuts with is after i came back from serving with the door so the the first day i tried to get out there uh 610 actually stopped me uh, because there was too much sitting water on one of our, our major highways and i was like damn it i i feel like i'm not doing anything i'm going here i got supplies i got this stuff and i'm doing jack shit while people are underwater and I was so pissed off at myself, so I drove to Gallery Furniture, and I'm like, maybe I can help out people there. <laughs> and then I get there, and they're like, always low prices. You know, I'm like, oh, they're back to a furniture store. And they're like, we're taking cleaning supply donations in the back. And I'm like, oh, that's not why I'm here. And so I, I got really upset, and I drove home, and I was like, you know, before I walk in the door, my kids my kids were all at this gymnastics thing that the, the thing opened up to host families whose kids have now been in, inside for like three or four days and killing their parents so uh my kids my kids were all there till six so i know i had some had some time and i was like you know i'm gonna just go into my neighborhood and see because i know the back was pretty bad and yeah i had no idea what pretty bad was as a a river formed a new river formed that took out like the homes were still on their foundations and one of those wasn't one of those like tsunami things but it was right next to that it was homes with standing water in their second story and it's oh, at the, it, like, I feel like terrifying. people think, you know, I, I think because Gomer, I'm sure like you had it too. Like everyone's texting you, you know, oh, everyone's texting you and you people just, thought like, I worked for a door. <laughs> I was getting yeah. all these adore text messages, you know, and you're like, look, it, it is. It's not like this is one time that the media hasn't like exaggerated the situation. Like it, it really is terrible. 
and I, I loved it. You know, I, I, uh, you and I were poloing frequently during all of that. And, uh, you know, I, man, I, I just can't, yeah, I, I can't say thank you enough, you know, for all the work that you did and, and, and all the people that you brought, like it, you have a voice, you know. And, well, the funniest and... thing was, I I talked to you on Marco Polo. You give me like maybe four bullet points, and so I go to Facebook and I'm like, "All right, everybody, this is what we're doing. I need ten men, strong guys. We're gonna do this, this, and this. We're gonna do it tomorrow. We're all gonna meet at my house." And then every like hour on the hour. <laughs> <laughs> like radically changed, and I'm like, "Well, we're gonna be at my house at ten. Well, we're gonna actually have to be at this church really far away at ten, <laughs> yeah. and we gotta leave here at like eight fifteen. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna leave here at eight fifteen. You guys just go get supply. You know what? I'm just not gonna do anything. No, it was yeah, it was I'm so funny. Been a little bit, and uh... no, and and I did that day, dude. I did because I was so exhausted, and <laughs> and I showed up, and Gomer was already outside talking with Eddie. Like you guys had already been talking. I'm like. Well, I'm a schmuck, you know, like I'm the guy that slept in today. I, I just, mm. I was so exhausted and, you know, things were crazy at my house and, and with the kids coming back and Sarah just said, she just said, you know, it's crazy in here because it's crazy out there, you know? And that's been like my, my, my thing to rally behind, like the craziness of organizing all this stuff and the craziness of everyone texting, like the world for me right now is just crazy. And I just have to be cool with that. Like, instead of being anxious or instead of having um, survivor's guilt, you know, like it, it's, it, those are all real things, yeah. but the world is crazy out there and my house is crazy and I just got to go and, and do the best. So, but, but seriously, like when <laughs> I was trying so hard to think of that guy's name that we picked up in any's van, what was his name? Shiver, Shiver, <laughs> Shiver. Shiver. You know, like that's the kind of situation <laughs> we drove. We were, were driving around on our way to these completely destitute apartments, and as we're driving there, there's got people at a bus stop, and we lean out the window. We're like, "Hey, y'all, don't think the buses are coming." I think um, Kana had looked it up while we were idling at the stoplight, uh-huh. and was like, "Yeah, buses are delayed over like two, three hours." So they said that, and they're like, and, "And he goes, well, where are you going?" And we're in a van filled with water and some other stuff. And they're like, oh, we're heading right up there, man. <laughs> He's like, hey, what's up? My name is Shiver. Shiver? <laughs> Shiver. And then he He's says. He's living, living in a ha- halfway home. Right? Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, and he goes, wait, wait, wait. What y'all doing? And we're like, oh, we're going to take supplies to uh, an apartment complex and just see what needs are there. And he goes, y'all volunteering? Shit, I need a volunteer. Let's, vol- <laughs> let's volunteer. All right. And then he looks at his watch and he goes. Awesome. He goes. I can give you guys an hour. Then I got to walk for about three more hours. I'm like, you got to walk for three more hours. He goes, buses ain't coming. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. He was so sad, man, but they were great. And they were awesome. And the woman we picked up was fluent in Spanish. And so as soon as yeah. we get to the apartment, she's like, yo, so I, in other words, and uh, El Nino, you know, I am <laughs> the Nino, <laughs> but it was, it was incredible. And my, this is the deal. I got back. I don't know if, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm guessing not. But uh, on Twitter, I was so overwhelmed with seeing what I saw. So at my church, my church was featured on several news outlets as a hub. And so people yeah. who are not religious, not anything, started sending us money, clothes. Within six hours, we took in, um, it was like 20,000 pounds of clothes and got them organized wow. and sent out on the first dry day. I mean, it's just insane stuff. Over the uh, we've thirty thousand or three hundred thousand pounds of food and water from a from a church. 
I mean, like, like just a church, like not a, not a center of anything. And it was just, it was just crazy. We're given like, I think we've given away $30,000 or $10,000 or something, something weird of like gift cards to people and all this stuff. And, um, but I got back from that first day and I sat down at my computer and I typed like 30 tweets in a row. And I was like, this, people are saying like, oh my gosh, look at these great efforts. I'm like, this is literally what Christianity is supposed to be. It is supposed to yeah. be men and women who are just like, like, I, I just think of these men who come show up with their truck on a Saturday morning and say, what can I do? Where do you need mm-hmm. me to go? And I'm like, what if that happened every Saturday where we had people who were just, their heart was for the poor. Cause the people in those apartment buildings, they got to go back there. I mean, that's, that's their life is this desti- near destitution. Well, and, and, you know, the thing about that apartment complex, like, and, and you saw it, like, I think people, yeah. again, think you're ex- like, we're exaggerating, right? That's why because, I took a shit ton of pictures. Yeah. Well, it's, it's cause it was like a third world country. Yeah. You know, a tornado hit They're they're illegal immigrants. A year and, ago, a tornado hit. A yeah. And they and it never got fixed, never got fixed. And we oh, rolled man. in. Our, our big car that we were in, Gomer, two trucks gone in 15 minutes. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's and, and kids running up and, and we've developed a relationship with um, a woman there who's kind <laughs> of our, our hub, like Angelica. And, yeah. But that has always been there. And we didn't know until Harvey. So that's the other thing we're finding out is that, like, you know, right now I'm, I'm really torn because people are giving goods – they're Harvey. giving clothes. They're yeah. giving for Harvey, and and then mm-hmm. they're saying, "Are you giving it to Harvey victims?" And and I don't know if this is illegal or wrong or whatever. I'm just saying, I'm giving it to whoever's in need. You know, ever since since then, each day we've we've fed and clothed over eighty families at that center, um, Harvey victims, and then just people in destitution, people yeah. just mm-hmm. showing up saying. We didn't have anything, and we, still we didn't don't. get affected by the flood. <laughs> we still oh. don't, and we're here, and that's a humbling experience, yeah. you know. And and I I just I think it's a call to arms, you know. Of I'm in a ministry where we serve people in those neighborhoods. We serve people, and and even my eyes were opened. Like, yeah. there's a, there's another layer of destitution that we haven't even reached, that we haven't even encom- like they're so encountered. Hidden. They're so hidden. And they're, they, yeah. Yeah. they're hidden because we don't want to see them. They're hidden because they're, you know, there's shame and whatever there. But this is the thing that I tell people, like, uh, kind of like what you were talking about with that grandmother. And, you know, when people see a need like this, they, I think most people are good enough, not everyone, but most people will want to help, right? Like, yeah. you know, and, and the whole world is responding, or the whole United States is responding to, um, Hurricane Harvey and the outpouring, you know, J.J. Watt and $25 million or whatever. It's like incredible <laughs> stuff that people from all over the country are, are donating to this. But the reality is, um, like, it's easy to forget that this stuff is, is already there. And I, I feel like for many of us, like, oh, look, I've seen the hurt of my neighbor. And now I'm going to do something because I've seen it. Whereas in the past, when everything was fine, you, you, didn't, you didn't need to see it. I don't know. What do you think, Luke? Luke, Luke is dead. Yes. Is it? <laughs> no, I was just, I was just letting you guys. I concur. <laughs> do you concur? Well, no, actually, I do have a question. Um, like, so has this changed at all? What you want to do with the door from 
here and out, like like even in even in small ways, which I think you kind of hit on, which is like your eyes being open to like other things that you weren't aware of. But yeah, I think you know um, that's a hard question because I mean, and, and like it, um, th- the answer could be like uh, could just be like no, but it just uh, re it just uh, re um, affirms what you're doing. No, Luke, yeah, don't give him any I, help. We ask hard <laughs> questions. We're journalists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard because, um, you know, this whole thing was started because of Paul George. And, and I talked to him this morning. Like, it started because of Katrina. Like, they just got on boats and they went and helped people. And mm-hmm. I think for us it's grown so much and we have people doing all sorts of things. It it can be easy. At least this is me internally, right. For, for the company. Um, I'm a youth minister or I'm a young adult minister or I'm X, Y, and Z. And, and I think the thing that Harvey has shown us is that we're missionary. You know, we've got a missionary down in, in Dickinson, Texas, Chris Donato. Who's a big listener. Well, he's a stud, you know, and, and, and and we talked this morning. Which like part of Texas is he at again? It's Dickinson, which is south of Houston, so it's closer it's, to the shoreline. Well, what was the name of the city? Dickinson Dick Sun. <laughs> is is what you were shooting for? <laughs> again, way to be sensitive to people's situations. Nine, I know. 90, I'm sorry. 90, I was just trying. No, 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 no. Ninety no. percent of the city was flooded. Fifty percent total loss. But let's make dick jokes. <laughs> Luke, do you feel bad or horrible? Be the name of the episode. Shame. Shame, 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 shame. 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 Uh, I'm so no, but like he's, I'm sorry. He's, I was just trying to line up just a little bit. Sorry. You know, like he, he he's down there primarily. I'm going to keep going. He's down there to be doing youth ministry. And, and that's his primary mission down there. And then the, the hurricane hits and now he's doing hurricane relief. You know, that's a that's a hard transition. And he's just been doing such a great job down there with that so far. And, and his family had to evacuate. And yeah. He you was know, so I pissed. Think... I would talk to him. I called him uh, um, or did a Marco Polo message to him to see how he was doing. And he's like, I am safe and I hate it. Because yeah. his mission field, he is a missionary. His mission field yeah. is Dickinson. And he couldn't be there because they were mandatory evacuated. Because Dickinson was underwater the entire town. I well, mean, it's the one that was on the, the national cycle of the um... – the old folks home that was underwater and they're all sitting there, you know, and they had to get oh, helicoptered out. That was there. Yeah, that was it's, there. It's hor- Dickinson was one of those like total devastation places. And he's, and he should have evacuated. Like he did the right thing, but yeah, he's absolutely. just sitting there and he's like second guessing it because he identifies completely with the people. And he's like, my people are there. I need to be there. I can't be there. Yeah. helping out my city. That's all he was yeah. saying over and over. And you know where, where he was? Staying with those nerds, that Catholic couple. Ugh, <laughs> I could understand why he'd rather go to a flooded out city than stay with them. Oh, they're the worst. Uh, Sorry, you were again, saying. Um, welcome to Catching Foxes, where we're terrible to our friends. <laughs> yeah. Shame. Shame. Damn it. Shame. 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 No, I, you know, and I think, like, this whole thing, so from, like, Paul, like, I talked to Paul this morning, and it's just such great insight. Like, you know, Paul, you get all these Paul George, George who started. Okay. You get all these donations, you get all this money, 
and it can be hard to remain true to the vision of what you want to do. And I think the thing that we're the best at is just saying it's about people, you know? So that family of seven that we encountered that hadn't eaten in two days and, and the kids were running around naked because all of their clothes were soaked. We were just like, it's a no brainer. We're going to put them up in an Airbnb, yeah. you know, like we're going to feed them. We're going to give them clothes. And they got a place to stay for the week while we work on their house. You know, it's That's the cool. apartment complex and, and Helica, it's, she's our, our, you know, they, they need, they, they need medicine for children, dude. It's, it's a mission trip. And it's five and minutes from your, your backyard. Yeah. 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 It's insane. It's, it's just, it's insane. You know? So if, what, like if, um, I think I would hope there's a lot of people who, you know, perhaps they're in college or they're, they're in a place with, with in their life where they can like possibly go down there to actually help for like a week. Is that a good idea? Is there a way to do that? Yeah. I'd say, you know, like, I think like Greg Iwinski is coming in tomorrow. Oh, from he what is. Chris okay. told me, yeah, he's going to be here for the weekend just to help out. Um, I think give us a heads up, you know, I don't, I don't want people to just show up and then be sitting around waiting while we find work. I mean, we can find work. Um, and this is what I love about like people shit talk millennials all the time, but there's, there's this guy, Brendan Hiller, who was an intern with Nick Frank and who was a missionary he, for a door. Yeah. yeah. Who was a missionary for a door. And, and Brendan's at AM and he's like, I got 30 guys and this is our idea. We want to drive down and we want to like smoke some badass meats for, for people, for families, like come out, eat some good food. And then we're going to bring a generator and a TV and we're going to show the Texans game so people can just watch football, eat some really great food while we go and work on their houses. Like what a mm-hmm. phenomenal idea, yeah. you know, like take a break. Um, this idea and creativity machine that that the college group has brought has been awesome. And I think people from out of town, bring your ideas, come on down, spend like give us a heads up. Let's put you to work. Uh, for encounter, you know, one of our ideas, and I don't know, I could get in trouble. We haven't rolled it out yet, but it's, you know, I I think the problem with the church right now, uh, to my understanding, you guys have a better grasp of it, but. Well, we certainly complain about it a lot. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) We, we wait to be told of a task to accomplish. And, and so for encounter, like my idea was let's have whoever wants to sign up, come on in early let's sort supplies, let's sort materials on Friday. On Sunday, we're just going to send you to a neighborhood and we might have houses lined up in with particular needs, but your task is going to be just walking door to door. And maybe it's just sitting with the family and playing games with kids. Maybe it's sitting with an elderly mm-hmm. couple and you're just providing, you know, the first real human contact they've had. Maybe it's ripping out sheetrock. But the initiative is up to you. We're going to point you in the right direction. Go to this neighborhood. We know we got devastated. There's going to be work. And you go door to door and you just talk to people. And then you pray with people. Mm-hmm. Like, y- you have to take that initiative. And I, and I think that um, we've actually, as insensitive as it sounds, we've, we've been blessed by this with the opportunity to take initiative and put our efforts into, you know what? I just got to get out there and I don't know what it's going to look like. And I don't know if I'm going to be down in the, the mud or if I'm just going to be drinking coffee with an old lady yeah. and eating cake. But it's none of those things is a waste because I'm interacting with another human person that is in great need. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, for me, it was it was interesting because I went thinking all I'm going to do all day is rip up sheetrock. Like, that's what you think because, if, for those of you who don't know, the drywall absorbs the water super fast and yep. it's super moldy. And if you don't mm-hmm. rip those suckers out immediately, you're going to have a much – you're going to have a black mold, spore mold problem, all that stuff. And so that's what people are doing. Everywhere you go, there's – and you've probably seen the piles of it on the news or whatever – or on your yep. social media. Like, it's just tons of this stuff. Well, I go, and then Eni was like, no, I want you to come with me and Jonathan and some others, and we're going to go to these apartments. Okay, that's fine. I'll rip out sheetrock or carpet or whatever there. And we didn't do that. We gave away supplies. But giving away supplies, I felt like it was it was the most important thing I could possibly do. I mean, the yeah. most, like, I, I – and then the next day, I brought my dad. And Which I, was awesome, dude. That was so great. Like, I, I, I didn't talk to you much because I couldn't. Yeah. Because great. when I walked out and I saw you and your dad, I, I just wanted to cry. Like, I, like that, that to me was the spirit of this. It's like, not yeah. only do I feel the need to do this, but like, I'm going to bring anyone I can and everyone I can. And your dad's an awesome dude, you know? And, and he was just like, I'll just pass out water bottles. I'm just here, yeah. You know, oh, that's and really cool. So, yeah, so we on, it was on coming beautiful, down, dude. Yeah, coming down. Um, what I realized from the day before was we were giving people all these bottles of water, and it was super hot. It was so hot. Now it's mm-hmm. nice, but it was super hot, and we're giving people you know what we could give them, which was air room temperature water, and yep. um, and we had a handful that were cold, and they were like ice ice water, ice water, ice water, and we're like, oh, sorry, sorry. Um, so what I did was I got a bunch of water and I immediately got ice and cooled them down in the morning. And by the time I picked up my dad and then went down there, um, they were, you know, they were ice cold and I had a whole bunch. And so I was like, just give me the names of your, where your teams are and I'll go and talk to people and give them ice water, whether they're the residents or the team members. Cause you know, a bunch of college kids not thinking about staying hydrated and stuff and uh, it's just <laughs> i mean it's just it really was so hot and i walked into which one is room true, which is true yeah i walk into one one house the first house it's like maybe eight or nine r- look like college freshmen girls and i was like girls have you been drinking water and they're like what no we just got here <laughs> well they just got there so they're like no and so i'm like okay i'm setting out two bottles of water for everyone where's the woman of the house yep. i find her and she's like what do you want <laughs> like to give you water mm-hmm. and she's like you want to give me water? Thank you so much. I'm like, I iced it for you. So, I'm like, you know, we're just doing that stuff. And it ended up being pretty, like, normal. But you don't mm-hmm. you don't know what you're going to do until you're with people, you know, and what, mm-hmm. what your witness is going to be. And any had said it on the first day when, we, when I got there and we prayed. He said, listen, we're not here to solve the problem. We're just here yep. to do small things with great love. And when you start seeing, you realize that the problem is no one has ever shown these people great love or any love. And that's the problem, you know. So well, it sounds it sounds stupid. Like it, uh, the the whole concept of this the the, the initial name was Project Starfish, which I hate it. is yeah. a ha- hashtag Tim McMillan. Um, <laughs> you read the story; it's awesome. But <laughs> yeah, it's like, a weird name. Yeah, and it's such a weird name. But like the the concept behind it is, you know, like picking up the one starfish and throwing them back in the sea, and it makes a difference for that one, and you come in with expectation, but like you, you walk away with like fulfillment, like you walk away fulfilled and, and, and we, 
you know, we're not a religious order. We're not any of those things, but we have a rule of life. Barely even Catholic. (laughs) Practically agnostic. Um, (laughs) For the millennials. (laughs) (laughs) That's for all you millennials. For all you nuns. Okay. (laughs) But, uh, like, one of our, we we have a rule of life, like, things that we live by. And one of them is, like, one of the rules is just loving the people in your 10-foot radius. And that's what's most important at any given moment. You know, whether you're doing youth ministry or you're at Chick-fil-A or you're at the gas station, like, whoever's in your immediate reach is the person you should love the most. And for some reason, that's like a revolutionary idea. <laughs> but it's it's really not. I thought, you know, like I, thought with doing the, that. I thought with the Good Samaritan, I was called to metaphorically love my metaphorical neighbor, not really love my real neighbor. Well, I mean, it's 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 really weird though because if um, you start to think about like just like what what you've experienced with helping people uh, in all of the, the cleanup stuff, like hell is isolation. Yeah, you know, and that's mm-hmm. that is how Ratzinger kind of defined that. And I think if you look at like like so many of like just like one of the things that like I'm hearing is you have, you know, people who are just like completely isolated because they're just cut off from like everything. And when yeah. you're able to encounter them and break through that isolation, like like that's like that's like the resurrection almost. You know, like you are experiencing that in a certain way, like death being overcome, hell being de- hell being de- destroyed. And I think a lot of people are just in that because, like, we're just so isolated now. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, this is why, like, I, I had some not to get like political, but like with the whole DACA announcement, like it's just a little insensitive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, South Southeast Texas gets hit with the biggest natural disaster that they've ever seen. And then all of a sudden it's like the DACA thing, you know, and, and whether or not there's truth to it or whatever, it, immigrants are scared, you know? And, and Mm -hmm. when you encounter like that fear, it, it inhibits the ability to, uh, serve because they, they don't want you coming in because they don't know what your agenda is. And, and, I just thought that was a little insensitive and poor timing. And then now a hurricane's going to hit Florida, you know, and think of all the immigrants there, like Haitian and all, all that. It, it, I just couldn't imagine being an illegal immigrant living here peacefully for the past, you know, however many years. And we have people that were in relationship that they've been doing that. And now they've lost everything. And now they're afraid they're going to be deported as well. And most of their families here. So, uh, that that person to person touch is just it's clutch man it there's there's no way around it it's hard it's super hard it's super draining like i don't know how you felt gummer after that day but like i i just when you run out of supplies in 15 minutes for yeah. families I, I those are the things that that we talk about at home and i'm like weeping about like i have i still like bernadette set macaroni and cheese on fire this morning at yeah. seven fifteen, and we, <laughs> we have food you know yeah. uh mm-hmm. they don't have clothes <laughs> i don't know it's it's crazy yeah. it's just it's a crazy situation 
Yeah, I know, and it was really funny because when I, I took someone to the apartments and I, I had showed them videos, and as they walked through the apartments, their entire view on immigration immediately changed, 100%, because they said, they stared up at the sky and said, or at the apartments, and they said, no one, no one, no one should live like this. And no. like, yeah, they shouldn't, they shouldn't live yeah. like this, but they do because they're terrified, and the guy that owns the apartment complex is a slumlord because he knows they have zero legal recourse. They're stuck. And so he charges yeah. them a shit ton of money because he doesn't ask for a social security number and a freaking tornado hits and he doesn't do a thing because he doesn't have to. And he says, yeah, he Just, says, okay, well, deal with it. Yeah, uh, you, you, fix or, your, you fix your own stuff. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't care. You know, so imagine having an apartment complex. I remember when my wife raised shit when, and she didn't pay her apartment complex for a month when there was a, a leak at her front door. You know, now imagine yeah. this experience of literally your roof is exposed to the elements every time it rains and a freaking hurricane comes in. Well, and they and that like that apartment complex didn't have power. Yeah. For the whole hurricane experience. Yeah. It wasn't oh until gosh. I think Yeah, it was four or five like, days into it. Yeah. Nothing. You yeah. know, and, and I think the only reason that uh they restored power is because they saw that we were there and I talked to, you know, Annie and I talked to Angelica and some of the residents and we're like, dude, I'll, we'll get organized. They were afraid to, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out, man. Cause yeah. this is insane. Insane. It's just so insane. And it breaks your heart. And, and the, the balance is I can't fix every problem and I can't solve every, you know, issue that's going on i can just love them and it sounds like a cop-out but uh it's hard it's a it's a there's a tension there you know because Mm -hmm. you want to stay up late figuring out a solution you want to spend all of your energy and then i have to remember like i walked in my house the other day and the house was a mess and i'm like sarah what is going on here? And I walk into the other room and she's like nursing my three week old child. I was like, please don't leave me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm a douche like, nozzle. I'm, sorry about I'm that. I'm so sorry. You know, I'm like, an AMDG. These are things that we do sometimes. I don't know if you've heard of that. Like uh, you're just trying to balance. Like there's such a great need in the world and, yeah. and there's such a great need in my home, you know, and yeah. I, well, I could lose sleep every day for it. It's, it's hard too because I, I I think um, when you're new to the faith or if you're just like you know when you're in your youth or whatever it's just it's really easy to think when I do good stuff that's gonna mean everything's good that I'm gonna like feel good about like what I did like you go and you you help the homeless and you feel good about you, you know um, about like you know who you are and yeah. blah 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 and I think when you get older. And the more good you do, the more you're like, oh, this is just like life. This is just what I should be doing every day. And sometimes, like, you do really good stuff and there's no reward. Yeah. It's just draining and you're tired. Yeah. And Paul has this thing where and I was and I was praying with this last week or so, and it really kind of hit me where you just I don't know which it's some book in the Bible where he says, oh, um, we've oh, spent ourselves for you. Yeah. You know, and I just, I, I just kind of like praying with like, what does it mean to really spend yourself for a person? It's where you're just, you, you give everything yeah. you can for no return. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's you know? kind of being poured where out, at. being poured out like a libation. Like, 
I'm done. I'm spilt on the ground. I have emptied myself completely. And the only reward I have is knowing that my Savior did this for me. So I'm not going to be afraid and withhold this from other people who need it, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and, and, you know, I, I've had, I, I poloed you, Gomer, like I've, I've had to do radio interviews and things (laughs) like that. Like I'm just, I'm the wrong person to be in charge of that stuff. And, uh, because there's, there's a gravity to it and, and we lose sight of it. And, um, I, I've just never felt more alive, you know, in, in the fact that, man, like there was such despair before and the community has rallied now it's tapered off, you know, like volunteers, people have gotten back to work. People are trying to establish their normal, whatever, but there's still uh, a joy and a hope there, you know, and there's still a great need. And for me, I'm like, I could die. Like, how could I complain about this job? You know, like I, Mm -hmm. I, I'm super privileged to be not tied down to a particular parish or a particular (laughs) community. Say it, say parish. Say it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I can just, I, I can literally expend all of my energy and all of my effort into people. And I think there's also the difficulty of that right now where we're at is there's such a large need and we want to focus on, I don't want to just be a, 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 a new and better goodwill center. I don't want to just be a new and better St. Vincent de Paul. I want to be intentional and I want to give people clothes and food and money if need be for the sake of them coming to encounter the Lord. And, and I'm, I'm more of a mess up than they are, you know, <laughs> like they just don't even know it yet. And but they'll That's find the, out soon enough. <laughs> Fifteen minutes into the conversation, they've they've been clued in. You know, like this guy sucks. <laughs> you know, El douchebago. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's Spanish. Uh, well, that's Spanish. Well, um, I'm really proud of you, man. Just like honestly, like all jokes aside, like I'm. It's just so cool to see because I mean, I'm in. I mean, it's it's so weird being in a spot where you're just like seeing people that you love and care about going through hell. And you're like, all I can do is just give money and pray, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it has been just like, honestly, it's been really cool to see you and our like other buddies really step up with all of this. And just with the work that you are doing and how much you are, are spending of like how much you're just, how much of yourself that you are giving to others. It's very it's very inspiring. So. Thanks, man. I, you know, it's like I was telling Gomer the other night, like I just have never been, you know, you can have conflict with people and, and even in the community, you can have issues that rise up and personalities and this and the other thing. But I just, uh, uh I just could could not sorry I I I could not be more proud of of the work that like my my friends have been participating in you know and and the mm-hmm. fact that like we could be the medium for that the fact that we could be the bridge for that like and it it's hard I I don't I don't want to 
sugarcoat it or make it sound easy or whatever. Like it's definitely a struggle. And, and I've definitely thought about leaving this lifestyle and finding just some corporate job or whatever, but it's situations like this that I'm seeing like people that I'm in ongoing disagreement with or ongoing relationship with or ongoing whatever. And we just bypass all of that. And we just love people. It, I, I cannot, I cannot feel just a huge sense of gratitude for that. You know, um, again, Gomer, like, dude, you, you've been clutch and, and people like churches like St. Lawrence and St. Anthony, you know, you guys have to start winding down and, and we're moving our base of operations and we still have college students and you guys like supporting us. It's, it's the most moving thing I've encountered in the last 15 years. Yeah. And, and it sucks cause I would never wish this situation on anyone, you know? Um, but I, I, I just, you know, I, I don't know that there's been a night that I've gone to bed without just crying in gratitude, you know, like mm. I, I just wish this was the norm, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like I just yeah. wish this was the thing that we were just always doing and, you know, programming aside and, and we got to do all those things and we got to do classes and we got to do, you know, youth nights and we got to do conferences. What, what a different world it would look like if we just said, screw it. We're just going to love people and we're going to give everything that we have. I'm, I'm going to give everything, all of my money, all of mm-hmm. my clothes, all of my time. And, um, I'm just going to cry with people. It's, incredibly difficult, but incredibly blessed. Yeah. It sounds like a cliche. I, I understand, no. that, you know, I mean a little, <laughs> well, I, I saw a I, meme once I, I took it from a meme hashtag blessed. Well, I mean, <laughs> at, at least you haven't said that you're going to like pour yourselves into people, you know? So <laughs> there you go. Dick, Dickinson. Dickinson. <laughs> Uh, how many people, yeah. Luke, have to suffer before you'll stop making dick jokes? How many, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I was just trying to lighten the mood a little bit. How many, Luke? Yeah. Answer me. I want an answer. I mean, you know, David had, what, like 900 foreskins in bags? Mm. <laughs> Luke's, Go got at least, Luke's got at least 10. <laughs> Why so many, Luke? This is horrible. <laughs> my own, my precious. <laughs> Oh man, um, Jonathan, I want to thank you for coming on. And then I yeah, know man. it's thank so you. one of the hardest things is like trying to relate both a the devastation and b like the re- the joy of serving with people with unfettered uh, like enthusiasm. Like people are just happy to yeah. serve each other. I had one woman come up to me. She's she taught my daughter, wonderful woman, and uh, she walked up um, to me and she's like. Uh, hey, Mike, can I ask you a question? And I was like, who's Mike? I'm Gomer. You know, no. And, uh, <laughs> and she, said, point. she said, I took a bunch of pictures. And then she just stopped and just started crying and crying and crying. Yeah. And this is right before. I mean, she's getting her classroom ready for parent-teacher day. And she's like, I can't get my photos from my phone onto my computer. Something's wrong. 
And I was like, listen, I'll just take it. I'll do all the Apple stuff for you. Don't worry about it. And it took me like 30 freaking minutes to figure out the problem. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this will be easy. It just, and it was like very complicated. That's a podcast. I got this. <laughs> I know people who know people who talk about it on a podcast. Um, and so I end up, I end up spending, uh, it's really funny because, <laughs> because of that, I doubled down on all my Apple podcasts. Um, but this, it was so, but that's what set it off. It was like, I need to get photos for my insurance adjuster, and yep. they need it before um, they come out. And oh, and just the reality of the fact that her house is completely destroyed hit her yep. in the middle of a hallway. And like it's that's the hard part that I think people don't like. On our last episode, I talked about the hard part of Hurricane Harvey because we were still I hadn't even volunteered at that point. The hard part of Hurricane Harvey Harvey for us was the anxious anticipation of something terrible happening but yep. you don't know and you want to be like ah, it's gonna be fine and we're gonna be okay yeah. don't leave yeah oh and that's what we did and i literally at one point i remember standing in my family room and shana was in the kitchen and i literally scr- i'm screaming at her not at her like she did something wrong i'm yelling at myself but i'm talking to her and i'm like and i knew it we should have left last thursday we didn't leave and now we can't leave and shana goes stop yelling at me and i'm like what? I'm not yelling at you. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just, yeah. oh, I am being a crazy person. I'm yelling at, just yelling, you know, but that's yeah. like you, that's what you feel like the whole damn time. Well, it, it, you, you lose sight. Like it, it's really the craziest thing I've ever encountered, man. Yeah. Like not knowing what day, not yeah. really being in charge of like emotions and stuff like that. That's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, so Adore is sponsoring Encounter Houston. That's going to be at the Yay. end of the month. Luke is flying down on Thursday night. Uh, I should be good to pick you up, Luke. Uh, and <laughs> Luke's flying down on Thursday night. And then we're going to be at the conference. Uh, I like how you're filling the drink up. I think you put your iPhone inside yep. the glass. Um, I sure did. Jonathan, I love it. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> it, is, it is actually a good sound effect. Um, but we're going to be there. Normally. We're <laughs> We're going to be there on Friday night. We want people to come out for the whole weekend. Um, Jonathan just talking about if you can get out on Thursday or, or maybe say on Sunday we can do some service for Hurricane Harvey. Um, but the goal is uh, to get out as many people as possible. People are coming from out of state. Last year they came from 23 states. The conference yep. itself is just on Saturday, but Adore is partnering and is doing a, a lot of fun stuff. So Ike, Ike and Dola will be there. Literally the yep. ad the back, on the back end of the website, the advertising is like, uh, encounter Houston with Icondolo, and uh, <laughs> but well, he's the best. He is. He's, he's he really so good. Is. He really is awesome. And so um, it's going to be a great experience. The so, yes, he uh, or so. But uh, put in when you're purchasing your stuff at the checkout. Put in catching foxes, all one word, and you'll get twenty dollars off your the price. So that's that's pretty sweet. And uh, that way you can come and join me and Luke and Jonathan and Ike and any Hickman. Any will be back from Guatemala at that time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to fly into that. Oh, that's so courageous of him. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I really don't know what to say about that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. okay. Oh, nah. just leave it. <laughs> How about that? Huh? How about that? How about that? Go on. Um, so, uh, Shame. Yeah. Damn it. Shame. Damn it. Confess. <laughs> that should be like just like one part of the conference. It's just like um, walk up to people, pour wine on them, and go, confess. 
<laughs> and then they have to go to confession and tag one of their friends. It's a modified version of the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. <laughs> hey, so how do you guys think we end an episode like this? With more By talking about the stuff we're talking about right now. Mm, exactly. <laughs>